We need to know. Do we have favor with the Lord? Does he have our favor? Is the light upon your altar still burning? Are you trusting in him to heal your body? To remove all matters of sickness and disease? Are you continually believing in him that he's going to clothe you and feed you, shelter you, that he'll never forsake you? nor leave you? Are you trusting in God on these things? As you have other matters and health conditions, family members leaving, walking out, walking in, unexpected guests, unwanted guests, huh? Amen, yes. Having a didn't have a, a, a place to be, you weren't supposed to be there, but you allow others or, or opinions to take you there. We got to be careful on who we listening to and what we're responding to. Are you truly anchored in the Lord? Or are you just a buoy floating in the water being tossed to and fro? Are you truly anchored in the Lord? Do you want to go to another place in the Lord? Or do you want to stay the same? Are you ready to change? Are you ready to have a different life? Do you want to move with the shift when the shift comes? These are the questions you should truly be asking yourself. Where you want to be? Is that relationship good? Is that person treating you like the queen you are? Are you getting a response from that queen as you are a king? does not take two, three months for you to realize whether a person is truly wanting to be in a, a, a true committed relationship or you are courting or you're dating. It doesn't take too long to figure these things out. Because first of all, God gives us discernment. It don't take too long to know that someone only rang your doorbell, not just because they were hungry on Thanksgiving, but because they didn't have anywhere else to go. Not because they wanted to just stop by, but they wanted to come back in. 
it's a little cold outside, so I need everything you got. I want what you have. You know, so my thing is I'm going to come over and gather with you. You're not going to say no. We done been there and done that. So I know how to play to get what I want out of you. It's just either you're going to be standing in front of you say no or yes, but you still got to deal with the same old mess. And that's where we go wrong when we keep inviting people in that's really not supposed to be in. So, we need to watch the company we keep. We need to watch who we saying yes to. And what we saying yes to. Everybody want us to open up the doors, open up the camp, say yes, don't ask for nothing, don't try to receive anything else from anybody but you. They always come back to you. And then you complain, and you complain, and you complain. But there's really no need to complain because... You're not trying to make a difference. You're not stopping it. You're allowing it to come forth. You're allowing things to happen in the natural and the unnatural way. So it's like, because you didn't do what the Bible says, which is let your yes be yes and your no be no, where you don't have to worry about anybody taking advantage of you, the different um, distractions that can come, all these things. All because all you have to do is be obedient. That's all. Just be obedient. That's all that God is asking is that you be obedient. Praise the Lord. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Wells of Living Water, Springing Our Ministries. This is your apostle, Apostle Don. I come to you live and direct from Maryland. For all those that are in their respective places as clergy, I thank you all for giving online. Be prepared because we never know which way God will move us this day for his Holy Spirit, for the likening of him. For this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. For I was glad when they said unto me, 
Let us go into the house of the Lord that we may prepare ourselves, be on one accord, lift up his name, feast and eat together on a natural word and a, a supernatural spiritual word. So, Lord, I thank you for this day, for Wells of Living Water Springing Up Ministries. How do you worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Are you looking for the one and only living God? If so, we worship in the spirit and truth. Join us as we spirit as we are spirit led and as the spirit leads you. We offer transportation if you need it be when we are in um under one roof. We are uh via telephone this morning. So therefore get on the phone, send out your text messages. Let them know, let your friends and family know that we are in service. Give God all the praise and the glory. Um, Pastor Dolores, would you pray us in? Okay. Uh, Pastor Blue, can you pray us in? Praise the Lord. I don't know what happened to my phone, but oh, she okay. can go ahead. Go ahead, um, Pastor Dolores. Uh, all my cleared this morning. Um, Father, we thank you for the service that getting ready to bring forth, Lord, that you dwell the word into us, Lord. Lord, you said in your word, if we abide in you, in your word abide in us, that you will give us everything we need. Lord, Father God, I thank you, Lord, Father God, for this day, Lord, that we look to the hills from where our help comes from, and our help coming from you, Lord, Father God. Oh, God, bless, heal, deliver. Closer walk today, Lord, Father God. Go understanding of your word that is going to go forth, Lord. Thus said the Lord. Oh, Father, we thank you for everyone that connected online this morning. Lord, that we rebuke any distractions today, Lord. Lord, that the word will go forth, that we will get the understanding and the meaning of, Lord, what you are speaking for us to get to make our spiritual walk better. We thank you this morning and each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I thank you for that prayer. So last week I gave you an assignment of not calling out the adversary, not calling out his name, not saying things in quotations such as, oh, the devil ain't going to make me do it today. I'm not going to deal with the devil today. I want to know how many people went throughout this whole week without giving the adversary any attention. I did. 
I'm, I, you said how many people did or didn't? Did. You went throughout the whole entire week without giving any attention to the devil. Not saying, oh, oh devil, you ain't going to make me do it today. Oh, the devil is busy. I mean, even yeah. when you fell through, you didn't say that it was the devil. But you pressed me. and severed through. Okay. Me? I didn't. Okay. Me. Okay, so in the midst of you doing that, what was your outcome? What was different? It was a blessing. <laughs> it made me feel good. This is Sister Catherine. Uh huh. Mhm. Anybody else? It was a for me. For me, it was amazing because it was like I didn't see. No attention, no mind. You know what I mean? My focus really wasn't on, like, oh, you did it again on that today, Dev. No, it wasn't like that. Let me know who that, who was in charge of my life and who I need to keep and perseverance to keep from saying and giving devil the devil the adversary accolades. Mhm, mhm. So I hear something about diet. I hear diet. So as you begin to practice this, and this this is this is talking to those that have indigestion problems. Did you have any indigestion problems this week? If you can think back, did you have any problems with indigestion? I didn't because I do usually have um, acid reflux. Anybody else? I did, Sister Tanya. And you had no acid reflux, nothing bother you this week? Yes, I had uh, I had indigestion this week. I still have it now. Okay. I'll go to my GI doctor on the uh, 6th. Okay, I'm asking those that have partaken in not saying the adversary, not um, calling his name this week, and has indigestion problems. Did they have any problems with their indigestion? I didn't. Sister Catherine, I didn't. Amen. I didn't. This is Missy. And you said Sister Missy? Yes. Uh-huh. I'm asking because the Holy Spirit is saying that you killed something that would trigger your acid reflux. Not only is it the things that we eat, as such as our diet, but the adversary likes to play with the body when he can't fully control your mindset. So it's like once you hit an ailment of sickness, 
it's hard for anybody to truly function because your brain is in overload of pain, your endorphins that's flowing through the brain, they're not able to fully function because there's something that's more stronger that's trying to take over the body. And that's what the enemy likes to do. He likes to try to come in and take over on us and over our situation. But when we don't give him too much play and authority, because the Bible says when you resist the devil, he does what? Let go away. So when you have your mouth and your mindset that you're going to call on the adversary every time something happens, oh, you know what, this devil ain't going to do this today. Or sometimes it's just natural cause and effect. Mm-hmm. You know you drive your car every day, but the tires are going bald, and they just blow out. You can't say, oh, devil, you're not going to do this today. You know, yes, you might be in a hurry to get somewhere, but look at the reality of truly what's going on. And before you start saying that it's the enemy, mm-hmm. you can't fully function to say, oh, devil, you did this. You can't give him that much place. That's too Amen. much authority. Mm-hmm. Too much authority. Mm-hmm. You all are giving too much authority away. God is giving you authority, but you're giving the authority to someone else or to something else. Because see, some of you all have some ritual things that you do, and you don't realize that that's not of God. There are some, some, some things that you have in your house that's not of God. These different statues you buying from the store and off of Amazon and things like that, and you don't know what they represent. Oh, they Chinese. They African, you know, they're Indian descent and things, you know, but everything that's pretty ain't pretty. Hmm. You're wondering why the energy is off in your house, why there's not an atmosphere that's conducive for the Lord. It's because you have things in your house that God didn't intend for you to have. Hmm. All angels, all statues of angels are not always meant to have in your house. Angels are to be on their post, not to be where you want them to be. If you don't have, once again, we're talking about authority today. This is what God is saying. If you don't have the authority to do it, don't do it. If it's not your authority to give it away, don't give it away. The authority 
First Timothy chapter 4 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profit a little, but godliness is profitable for all things having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. We're talking about authority. And see, a lot of people like to do uh, what the people of science want to say, just as the word just said. You can do all the exercise, but it profits the body nothing. Everybody thinks, oh, I need to exercise, I need to diet. And I just gave you an antidote that will kill all things. Because what you don't realize is what's attacking your diet is something you don't see. But you give them the authority. You're giving the adversary and his demons the authority. You go back to verse 1 and it says, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to doctrine, I mean, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So you thinking you listening to the right people, <laughs> you thinking you listening to the right ministers, you thinking everybody is on one accord with you because you praise the Lord, you lift his name up, you lift him up on high, you know where he is, you know how to find him and all of this. And at the end of the day, he's nowhere to be found because you're in the presence of demons. The demons are preaching to you. You're trying to figure out why you don't see the move of God, why the spirit of the living God is not touching you as it has or as it ought to be, and you don't realize you're not even in the right place. You're in the place where the demons are. So because you can't recover your faith, you stay where you are. 
not realizing you're not in the rightful place where God needs you to be, and your authority will not be taken seriously. But as the Spirit expressly tells you about the doctrine of these demons and the way of what you think is the way, the truth, and the life, but it's really not. But you feel as if it's okay for me to live the life that I live or do what I'm doing in this lifetime because I know that it's the truth. But you see no manifestation. You see nothing coming from the atmosphere that should be conducive for the Holy Spirit to move. Yeah, you might see people get up shouting, clapping. You might hear somebody say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, you know. But really look at the spirit. You have to try the spirit by the spirit. Do you have the truth of the spirit within you? Do you have the authority? Because if you don't have the authority, Maybe you false too. So y'all just worked in the same lane. You talking about what pastor doing and this is two taps and the ushers at the door, but you have <coughs> you come the same way. You don't come in love. You know, your authority is just as questionable as the next that's on the pulpit. We can be Bible told, baptized, fire baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, and all. And you can be entertaining demons that are not preaching what God wants them to preach and teach his people. Everybody wants to preach about prosperity, coming out of poverty, and all of this, but no one's giving you full instruction on how to do these things. Because they're beating around the bush on how they even obtain the wealth and health that they have. The last I checked, God said that all his glory and riches was in him. So before we begin to start looking and sweeping around other people's ministries and other people's back doors and front doors, we need to look and see what's going on in our own doors within us. Because even when you go and travel to someone's home, do you realize the demons that you uh, have within you, they nine times out of ten are dropped off? where you go. Not only that, the ones that are in the atmosphere where you are, they follow you home. That's why it's not good to lay your head at any, any and every place or any and everyone's home. 
you know the word of prayer, you know how to consecrate your atmospheres and things like that, and a lot of you don't know how to do that. I had an event yesterday, and I was not feeling well at all. And I knew what was going on, but I didn't say the enemy. I didn't say anything. I got up and pressed my way and did what I had to do. And by the time we got to anointing the space, meaning setting the atmosphere that is conducive for God to come in and do whatever he wanted to do in that atmosphere. A lot of you don't, don't understand that that's important. Before you start your services, before you have ministry calls, you need to have your atmosphere set because you have the authority. If you don't show your authority, no one's going to take you seriously. No one's going to respect who you are in the body of Christ. They'll sit there and just look at you, languish at you, and thinking, oh, yeah, okay, I hear you, okay. But they would never follow truly your instruction because they're not taking you seriously. They're taking you as light as a feather. Why? All because you are not showing your authority. Authority is important. If you're to stand on that front line, stand on that front line boldly and strong. Don't stand up there weakly and scared. Stand up there as strong as you can. <laughs> that people will take you seriously. That they would know that you are a man or woman of God. Not just some person that's trying to betray as if they know God and they know what God's going to do and how he's going to move. So I'm going to do it like this, I'm going to do it like that. No. No. Show your authority. God said he gave you dominion and power. And if you haven't gone through anything, sometimes we do need to take a seat on the pew and be taught. We need to be led and guided. We need our midwives to come forth. So at the end of the day, when God gives you that dominion and that power and the midwives come forth, the spiritual parents come forth, you're able to be cultivated. You're able to move in a gradual way where you're not premature having a baby, where you're not prematurely um, bursting out or, you know, the the, the, um, the birthing of your ministry is, is not put in death hands. You're able to fully birth out and do what God is needing and commanding for you to do. 
For when you begin to study the word of God and you hear him clearly of what he asks of you to do in ministry, you know, I know this was God because he's given me the authority to do this. I know how he wants me to move. I know how he wants me to talk. I know where he wants me to go. And at the end of the day, when you do things in a proper way, you see the higher results that God will give. God does not give us a spirit of fear, but he gives us a spirit of love and a sound mind. And if he's birthed something in you, best believe he's not going to stop until he gets what he wants. He's not going to stop. He's going to continue on, moving on, and moving in you until he gets what you want. So, at the end of the day, God doesn't move shortly. He doesn't do anything halfway. He does things with a pure heart, a pure mind, and he does it with love. And when you have something such as a ministry that needs to be birthed out of you, you need to take that seriously. You really need to take it seriously and not play and be like, oh, I'm not worthy and all that pity party, all that I'm, you know, I got to get my life in order and all this and that. You can't live like that. Those days and times are over. If you made it throughout this whole week without saying the adversary, you can go a whole nother week. You can go a whole nother month. You can go a whole year, two years. Then you can live the rest of your life without it because you don't need that. What you need is the weapons of warfare to let it be known that well, I have authority. Let it be known of any situations that may come about I have authority. I'm going to take charge. You won't take over my life. And learn how to move forward. Not sitting and wondering where... I'm my next this coming from or where my next that coming from. It's imperative that you have your strength. Not only having strength, but living with the power. That your authority won't be ill spoken of. That your authority won't be taken for granted as if you truly don't have authority. For this is a time that we all need to stand up 
stand firm and know who God is and have the confidence in knowing that God will never leave you nor forsake you. You might wake up one morning and you might just be in labor. Are you telling me you're going to abort the child? Are you going to abort the mission because no one is there physically with you? God don't work like that. The enemy can put you in distress to make you go into labor prematurely. And because you're walking around here listening to doctrines of demons versus listening to doctrines of the Holy Spirit, that's the difference. understand why it's important for you to be able to keep your poise in the pulpit and keep your poise and your attitude out of the pulpit. Because when you're walking around in the marketplace or just in the land, the earth all in itself, You don't know who God will send your way. I tell, I tell you all about your dress. I tell you all about the way that you speak to people because you can say certain words that are trigger words for people that they'll just start cussing you out. What? Church? Don't come talk to me about no church. Ain't nobody going to no church. You know how many hypocrites up in there? Just don't know how many devils and demons up in there. I ain't going to no church. And you be standing back like, whoa. But when they see your authority, oh, they're going to try it. Because, see, you got to remember the spirits that live within people that we have no control over. But we like to house them, we clothe them, we feed them, they live with us. But when we get ready to put them out, oh, you think it was easy? You thought it was that easy. It has grown up with you. It's lived with you. It's talked with you. It's slept with you. It's bathed with you. It's done everything that it can do with you. And now you realize I have the power. I have the authority. It's time for you to go. You no longer can stay here. And once they put up a fight, oh, you back down. You get scared. You can't live. You 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 can't live like that in the body of Christ. You have to fight the good fight of faith. You can't live like that. So. How you feel? 
Now doing better at punching your face. <laughs> All right. You know, so it it it, it tells the story of how you can take back your life. You know, they always say, you know, the the hypocrite people. They always tell us the ones that try to give them an encouraging word. You know, the Bible does speak on don't put, give your pearl, don't cast your pearls against the swine. And a lot of people don't realize that when you begin to preach and teach to people that really don't want to hear about God, that's what you're doing. You're wasting the word on them. But you have hypocritical people that say, oh, your life ain't in order. You, you, you know, you don't have a home or you don't have a vehicle. You don't have a church. So why are you out here doing this and why are you doing that? It doesn't matter of what I have materialistically because God is not a materialistic God. God moves off of our faith in him. Because he's the one from the last I heard that the Bible says that he supplies all of our what? Our needs through his glory and through his riches. So if he's rich in all things, why am I worrying about a vehicle? Why am I worrying about shelter? Why am I worrying about food or clothing? Why am I worrying about the sickness and health when... Had I been doing what I was supposed to do with my authority, I wouldn't have slipped into these cracks. But also, things come by testament. Because if you've never gone through anything, if nothing ever arrives, how and when are you able to show that you have authority? I don't care if the ministry asks you to sweep the floor. When you see people throwing stuff on the floor, they're putting gum up underneath your pews, they're putting it on the walls, that's your time of authority to say, sir, ma'am, your child or your children or you, please don't do this. But what we do, <laughs> we let them do it. We, we sit there and watch them in church, in fellowship, open their candy, let the paper fall all on the floor. They done, the baby done tore up the uh, program for the day. And you calling trying to figure out what's the program for the rest of the week. But see, the paper that we've given you, you misused it. <coughs> then when it's time for you to clean up, you murmuring. You back and forth and, oh, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of that. This, that, and the third. Every time I turn around, I got to clean this and clean. But that's your authority. That's your job. But you allow people to come and run over you, and you get mad when you open your mouth, and then they don't want to respect your authority. But had you stood firm when they when you saw them the first time, take that gum out their mouth and stick it on the bottom of the pew versus 
holding your finger up, asking the usher for a piece of tissue. Simple, that's what the ushers are for. Most ushers are nurses, registered nurses, for real. But you think your authority is only in the hospital or only for home health days? No. No, God doesn't position you in certain positions for nothing. We have to learn how life works. All those things count. When God birds are don't allow your family, your friends, your neighbors, or anybody to continually to listen to demonic ministers, demon doctrine. Because what you're doing is you're introducing the demonic spirits and forces that you don't know how to get rid of. You can't pray a fly away. Because you haven't even stepped up in your own authority for your own self. You didn't say, well, me and my house, we're going to pray together that we stay together. Or me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You're, you don't even hit that. You just let the house be chaotic. <clears throat> the kids going this on time. I'm so tired of talking to these kids. They don't do nothing. That, no, because you're sitting up there and you keep getting up and you do it for them. Mm-hmm. Or you don't correct the situation when it needs to be corrected. Then you don't pray. But when you do start praying, you get so scared because the enemy revs up. So now you've allowed the enemy to literally overtake you. Instead of you showing your authority, because the enemy cannot do anything unless God allows. That's what you really need to understand. And you think God is to fix everything. God does not fix everything. Where's your brain? Where's your mindset that he gave you? Oh, I'm sorry. Where's your authority? different circumstances and situations. Can't nothing explain that more better in depth than <laughs> chapter 4. Authority. You have authority. You have dominion and power. Your power comes from what you had to endure in life. You think going through that abusive relationship was for nothing? You think going through hardship for nothing? Oh, no. What does the song say? Is my living in vain? Can't be. All the hot, the hell, the hot water you had to go through to get your way, to make your way, to make sure you had a place to live and sleep, and, and your children, your husbands or your wives, 
their children, of the extra people and other people that they decide to be with, and they came and left them on you, come on. God does. God sees all things. God sees and knows all things. And just because we do good, that does not mean that we're always going to be rewarded because we've done good. God gives us rewards accordingly to how he sees fit. According to how he knows how well we complete the task. The children of Israel did not complete their task well because they complained and murmured. When authority came, they overtook authority. They didn't care nothing about authority. So we have to be careful on a lot of things that we say we can or we cannot do. When God comes to you and he wakes you up midnight, mid-hour of the day, give you a sermon, don't say, oh, God, I can't preach this. Oh, God, I can't say that. Oh, uh, stop telling God what you can and cannot do or what you will and won't do. Because what you're telling God is you don't have the authority that he gave you. And God is not a man that he shall lie. Nor shall he sin against man. Yet have I, I have yet to see the righteous forsaken or his seed beg and bread. And I am one of them. So there's going to come a time where you are going to have to activate your faith and allow your authority to stand firm for you. It's about activation time. It's about birthing. Midwives, you need to come forth. Whether you want to call yourself a cheerleader or a hype man, hype woman, however you want to define it, you're a midwife. You're here to help the men and women of God birth out correctly, safely, without struggle, without someone coming in trying to steal what God has given them. Soon somebody knows something new. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. We, we need to do that. We need to do that. Sister so-and-so called you. Girl, let me tell you. God gave me this powerful ministry. Oh, I done wrote it out. I done designed it. I done gave it its color. I done gave it its name. I done gave it all these things. And you done sat and gave them from A to Z. You turn around two, three weeks later to a month. They're doing what you have described to them of what God gave you. Oh, God, I want to tell you about this ministry. I want to see if you can come and help me out. No, you want my authority to come and produce what God gave me. I ain't stupid. But some of you are blind. Your eyes are closed. 
you got scales on your eyes. That you don't see how people are backstabbing you. And you wonder why God keeps telling you come from, from amongst them. Leave them alone. Be ye separated. There's a great falling away that needs to take place. A shift is coming. You don't understand. A shift took place from last night throughout this. It's going to shift up throughout today. And it's going to end tomorrow by midnight. Different things will take place. You won't be in the same place. You won't be in the same mindset. You won't be in the same body space, head space. You know, finances will come. Finances will deplete. Jobs will open. Jobs will close. Doors will open. Doors will close. Ways will be made. Ways won't be made. All because of a shift. can't allow the demons to give you a, a doctrine or a sermon to make you feel good one day, and by the time Monday comes, that's gone out the window. You don't know what the substance is or was for service or for to, to carry you throughout the week. You have no idea. You try now you're going back to God, asking God, well, what should I do, Jesus? What, what, what's next? What do you mean when he's supposed to have given you instructions in your Sunday morning service? Not a service for you to go in and hee hee and cackle in. You know, this is the time where you lay it all on the line. Like this is your last day. Because when you wake up on Monday morning, you're going to start refreshed. You're going to give God his praise and let him know, God, the instruction that you gave me, I am ready to perform this. Here I am, God. I'm going to use my authority today. I'm going to walk forward. I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to be ye courageous, O oh Lord. I'm going to wait on you, Father, until you give me the time, the day, or the hour. Father, for this but no, we don't do that. We don't do that. We get up and we live however we feel fit. If we can't put our sock on, we're not going to put no socks on. Because I couldn't find the sock. I don't know where the sock is. I, I don't have no matches. I'm not going to church today because I don't have this and I don't have that. But we can't live like that because of attitude. But we continuously wanted to live in a way where we're giving our authority away. I don't know about you, but I want to always savor my salt. That I'm not salting anyone or anything that would cause me to lose my savor. I don't want to be stuck in a place where I'm not able to use my authority and we all are supposed to be brothers and sisters of Christ and you mean to tell me when I visit with you 
and your ministry that I have no say so. You don't want me to speak. You cut me off. You don't want me to look more mightier or powerful than you. I mean, everyone has a level of power. Everyone has a level of the, the commands and demands of the Spirit. Your doctrine is not going to be in the same alignment as my doctrine. But we are supposed to be preaching holiness. We're all supposed to be preaching the men and women of God into a rightful place where they need to be. That they can stay in alignment with God through your authority. And if you can't achieve that, you need to get where someone can cover you and cultivate you. One plant, one water, God prunes and plucks and gets us right before we go out. Because before you can bear another fruit or bear any fruit, you need to be right. If you're rotten, you can't produce anything. You're not even able to be used as a seed sometimes, to be planted, all because you're rotten. So let's think about that. Amen? Is there anyone that has anything they may want to share, a rebuttal? Um, they may want to add to any questions and I lose anybody. Good afternoon. This is Prophet Beverly. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Um, I was just sitting here listening to um, you um, talk about um, authority um, let me just giving a rebuttal. Just been here listening. Just just gonna give some feedback on what you were saying. Um, because I was thinking about um, our you know giving having our authority, using our authority as leaders. Um, and what you know what my experience is, and I'm just gonna share my experience. You know, leaders sometimes when they become, and you say, and it's good that we take our authority and use the authority, but what we forget as leaders, how to use your authority. Because a lot of leaders don't know how to handle authority. And some people feel that authority means to say, I could treat you any kind of way. Not so. Um, we have to um, watch how we handle folks, how we handle people as leaders. It's not just, you know, God, my, your blood is going to be on my hands because of your soul. Your blood is going to be on my hands of how I treat you as well. So, you know, a lot of leaders, abuse their authority as leaders, um, nasty attitude, just type of attitude, um, pride attitude, attitude that I can't be taught, 
or I can't, nobody can't say anything to me. Um, I've sat in services and watched as leaders come in and, you know, go on the pulpit and, you know, it's the spirit of pride. And it's good that we have that pride about us as who we are as a leader as we come into one service as going to minister and we walk under authority and walk in authority. But we also got to watch how we treat people because, you know, we always say, you know, love and show love, but um, showing, you know, respect, um, first of all, to someone because of disrespect to someone because I'm a leader. And because we are leaders, we sometimes forget that we just, you know, don't care about how we respect other folks, how we respect other people, especially the lay members. That's why people's not coming back to your church because, first of all, it's not that you're not walking in authority. Your first authority is to respect. And if they don't feel like they're respected as people, as human beings, or as being a soul in your church, then they won't come back. The first thing I said when I come in and when I, when I walk in someone's church, the first thing I the first thing I notice and what I want from a person from the usher all the way to the pulpit, how are you treating me with respect when I walk in your church? Um, because once you give respect, the love gonna come. And if you don't respect your if you don't respect, then there's no love. Because you're gonna when you love somebody, you're gonna respect them anyway. If you love someone, that respect gonna be there. And if you could just say, okay, I'm a leader, and and you're just a lay member, so I'm just gonna you know say anything to you, and I can say anything to you because I have that authority. So we have to be careful how we use our authority as leaders because we got to show that respect and love to those that we're trying to reach. Well, okay, hmm. Oh, today's I'm sorry, forgive me. Today's church, we don't we ain't worried about nobody's soul. Today's church, we ain't care about nobody's feelings or how they feel. Today's church, we just want your money. We just want you to come in and be just a body, you know, <laughs> that I know when I see and I'm looking at in 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 into the into the audience, I just see money. So I don't need to respect you or give. I just want to walk in my authority, and I just want you to give me your money. I want you to come to my church. I want you to come to my services, and I want you to be there. And it's not, you know, that's really bad today's. And I see that in a lot of today's churches, ministries, not just churches, ministries. You know, how do we feel? How do we want to be treated? And we forget how we want to be treated. Oh, but I want you to treat me a certain way. But I'm not going to, I don't have to treat you that way because I'm your leader. Because I'm your leader, I don't have to treat you the way, you know, I don't have to treat you that way. So that's not, I'm just giving a rebuttal, you know. I'm not talking about nobody's church on here. What I'm just giving a rebuttal. Just make some folks, make people think about your authority. Once you come into authority and become a leader, that does not give you a right to disrespect anybody. 
And if you want to ruin somebody's soul, um, the attitude, that's what they really look at. And that's what people reading nowadays is the attitude of one person as they call themselves a leader. Amen. Self-check. You know, come on out with because that's one thing that hinders a lot of people, you know, um, when it comes to authority, where you have people that abuse it, you know, and that's where the Holy Spirit is yeah, chasing us. And some people don't even pay attention to the chastening of God with their authority. And this is where he begins to strip us of our anointing, and we still try to operate as if we still have right. the anointing of Christ upon our lives. So I think and we don't. Um, prophetess. Um, is there anyone else that would like to share or add anything, comments, questions? Good morning. This is Pastor Marcia. And um, I know when you started, you said um, you gave an assignment um, last week. Um, we were in travel last week visiting family. Um, so I didn't get it, but we got on the line. I think you had a 4 o'clock uh, service. That's when we got on the line. But I was listening and praise God for um, the word today. I was taking notes. So, yeah, I just want to kind of rebuttal on what you were saying because um, it really blessed me. Um, you said take authority, and it reminded me of... Um, my husband and I, we just recently fenced in our whole property, and it, it took a little while. We had to do, you know, a little at a time, but the reason why we did that is because um, we wanted to stop some access of people just walking up to our, you know, to our, on our property, but up to our front door as well. Um, people that didn't have good intentions, you know. Um, they were just looking for things um, to really just gossip about, talk about. So we anyway, we fenced in the whole property. And like I was explaining, you know, me and my husband sit down and we talk and we, you know, bless God for it all. Um, you know, I was saying, you know, this will keep out the enemy because the enemy cannot come in unless you invite him, you know. And the people that were trying to keep access, you know, were agents of the devil. I'm just going to put it plain. You know, they wanted to do evil and wicked things, and they wanted access to the property. Well, with all of that, we had to take authority. And now they got the picture that we do not want them on this property, you know, unless you're invited in. 
Another thing that um, I wanted to say about what you spoke on is you said, don't give place to the devil. And um, the scripture that I was reminded of is Ephesians 4.27, where it says, neither give place to the devil. Because when you do that, it leads, it can lead you into sin. So you do you have to be careful who you're inviting in and who you're around, you know, and like you said, consecrating the places that you go and where you visit. Pray before you go there. You know, keep in mind the things of God. Um, Ephesians four twenty seven it talks about putting on these things, putting off some things and putting on things. Do this, in other words. Do this. Neither give place to the devil. So, you know, you need to really evaluate. And, you know, if you're not doing that, you know, it's, you know we're in the seasons of people gathering, families gathering, celebrating, whatever they do. But you know what they do. <laughs> You know, so you have to ask yourself, is this something that I want to attend because I know what's going to go on? I know them. You know, um, your your coworkers are on your job. They invite you to function. You know, you have to be, you have to, you know, really stand firm in the things of God. Um, also, when you give place to the devil, it's nurturing things. Um, it says it, it can nurture grudges. You hold on to grudges, and I can relate to that because a lot of times, you know, people do things to you. So you're in the atmosphere of them. It brings those things back up. Um, it can nurture anger. You know, you're around certain people. It could be your coworker, whoever, and it brings up those feelings. And and now you're acting, you know, funny around them because you really don't want to be around them, but you went to the function. Um, it can harbor resentment. You know, it's um, bitterness. So you know, I just I just wanted to share that and that your message really blessed me. Thank you for that. Amen. Is there anyone else? You know, God knows what we need. He knows how to give it to us, you know. And before I open the floor back up, I want to go back into the word. Uh, we're in First Timothy chapter 4, and I'm going to start at verse 9, and it says, This is a faithful saying and worth, worthy of all acceptance. For this is, for this, excuse me, for to this end we both labor and suffer reapproach, because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those 
who believe. These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in the word, in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to the reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Now, all this is coming from God. I'm not going to hoop you, and I'm not going to holler you. Because verse 14 and 1 Timothy chapter 4 says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Y'all tell me, oh, you need to rest apostle. Apostle, you don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. As I sit and allow myself to say that I can't and I won't and I want this, but I ain't doing that, nothing will get done. You won't have a revival. You won't have a every Sunday 12 o'clock service. <clears throat> Because I allow all of this to consume me. No, it may not look good when your health is being challenged. Yes, I know I'm only one person. Yes, I only know I know I get one body, one temple. But if I am working for God, you best believe I'm not going nowhere until he's ready. Now, if you see me, I'm drugging, drinking, I'm sleeping with this and that, and I'm over here, I'm over there. You can't catch me, you can't find me, you, you smell me, all of that. Then you can come come on and correct me. But when we got to work for God, you don't have time. Just like Prophetess Beverly was here, um, the, the, given her a scenario of what she's gone through. And I know all of us have gone through it. God will send you to a ministry and they will sit you down. They will shut your mouth because, oh, wait a minute, she got some power. Oh, wait a minute, he got some anointing. Oh, they, they, they got a gift. Let's take it to First Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Do not neglect the gift that is in you which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Now, you want to come and battle and fight with me? Come on. I got it for you. 
you want to tell me or you want to show me, come on. We, we, we can go. Well, you better come correct. Come correct. Don't come from none of my spiritual children. Don't come from my spiritual leaders. Don't come from my spiritual parents. Nothing. Because we do the doctrine of the Holy Spirit around here. All those that don't, it's not in agreement because you don't understand, you need to close your mouth and let somebody teach you something because we all can be taught and we mm-hmm. all can be learned by and through one another. The mm-hmm. elder is to teach the young and the young is supposed to show and teach the elders as well. But you can't do one without the other. God is not pleased with this division that's going on in the body of Christ. That's why he's working on family. If you were not together with your family for Thanksgiving, you did not follow the instructions of God. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it has been written in my book since 2015 about getting families together. And I'm thinking he was only talking about my family, but I saw God move in all families this year. Amen. Those of you that used to sit at home, make your own dinners, that's all fine and well. But God said that you should not be alone. He didn't always say you got to be up with a man or be up with a woman. You have a bloodline that he placed you in. That's it. Use your authority. Even if your family are drugging, smoking, drinking, or whatever you want to call it, that's your family. You love on them. You don't, you don't judge that. That's not your call. Give them something to eat. Even if you got to have them like the dogs sit on the porch, then that's where it be. They know what they messed up. They know what they can't go uh, uh, and do. That's on them. But nobody can deter you but you. Because the word of God just told me that my gift came through prophecy. And the only one that I know that can prophesy over us is God before we were even thought of. So he said that he had formed and fashioned us in our mother's womb. Grabs hold to your word, family. Sons and daughters of Zion. That's the only way we're going to be able to make it in. That's the only way we're going to make it in. If you don't know the word and Jesus Christ and the pardon of your sins, we need to help you out. You need to be crying out, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Show me what I'm missing. Where can I go? Who do I need to talk to? 
Who am I supposed to be sitting under? Who am I supposed to be walking with? Because if you're not walking and not in the right position, you're not sitting under the right person or people, you're causing damnation on yourself. That's why it spoke about being reproached. This will come back to you again. Sorry if I didn't put a smile on your face this morning, but God is real. I want to bless you, not impress you. I want you to understand that there are really demonic forces and demonic people that are out here preaching doctrine to make you think that it's of God. But it's a doctrine of darkness. You have people on your job. Oh, you need to buy this stone from me. Oh, you need to get this. Get this water right here. Buy this oil. Buy this book. and Get this handkerchief. Buy all this stuff. God didn't create millions and billions of prophets and millions and billions of apostles. He said he gave some. I don't know what you count some as. Just like I don't know what you count a few as, but a few is three. And when I'm saying as far as what God gave, as far as apostles, prophets, teachers, he did not give a whole slew. He may have put five in each tribe, one to each, one to each office in one tribe, meaning in one family. But everybody want to say, I'm a prophet. Everybody want to say, I'm this and I'm that. But you don't even work the office. Only when you want to be seen. Only when you want to come out. And some girl, you look sharp today. Go on, missionary. Ain't getting out there, mission nowhere. Don't even know what a missionary is. You ain't did not near a house call. You didn't wipe not near nose. You didn't do anything. You just sat up on a pew and you were cute. Your hat tilted to the side. Your makeup on. Your lap scarf. And it was hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on now. You didn't go up there and saw that that baby girl needed to tarry for the Lord, and God told you to go up there. Oh no, you said, "Oh no, I'm too cute today. I didn't. I don't. I don't have on the proper shoes. Take your shoes off. Sit your hat down, nappy head and all, and go over there and tell that child that Jesus loves her. Mm-hmm. To break every back of every devil that thought he was going to take her up out of here. Come on now. Mm. The mention of his name is what it says. 
Not yeah. looking up Sister Bowtie. No, the mention of God's name. His name is Yahweh. Yahshua Yamashiach. Jesus. The bright morning star. The bright morning sun. The beginning and the end. He is Omega. Yes, he is. No, you don't want to hear that. You want somebody to keep telling and playing with you, playing tug of war back and forth with this demonic doctrine that you done heard. Oh, you don't have to speak in tongues. Or you don't have to kneel down before the Lord. You don't have to anoint your head with oil. You don't have to wear all those types of clothing. You don't have to do this. No, it takes that and some. What are you doing at home? Don't come in here on Sunday thinking you're going to run around this church and then go home on Monday and you do nothing containing to God. You don't even ask God to open up a door for you on that day. You don't ask God. You don't even say, God, I thank you for waking me up this morning. You just get up, what's up, baby? Get your cigarette, light your cigarette, get your drinks or your, or your coffee or whatever. So you can get your stuff up and get ready for work and go on out the door. Boom, bop, bop. You done been doing it for 25 years. Same thing, same routine. Mm. It's something different. But soon as the day of tragedy comes, what do you call and who do you call? Jesus. You didn't mm. know Jesus until it was Sunday. <laughs> Come on now. I'm talking about Bible study or Wednesday mm. stuff. You did not know Jesus until Sunday. God has been telling you, I need you to cultivate this gift I have in you. I want you to start preaching my word. I want you to start talking to men and women about who I am. You say, okay, okay, Jesus, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> but you're waiting. You think you slick. You think you are slicking God. God sees and knows all. He already knows the move you're going to make before you make it. But you want to abuse your authority. Why? You can't use your authority like that. You can't abuse your authority. Your authority can't be abused in that manner. Because what's going to happen, just like Prophet Zed was saying, that blood will be on your hands. <laughs> so I wanted to finish up Chapter 4 for you so that you will have a full, clear understanding that our apostle doesn't just run in her mouth. It's in the Word of God. We got to stop just talking and, and having people try to debate the Word with us. Show them the Word so that they would know, oh, it is real. 
and it is truly written. God is not a man that shall be mocked, nor shall he be deceiving. God is a true and living God. True and living God. So I pray that this word has truly, truly touched your hearts today and your minds that you shall forever know when God calls you to work and do the work of him that you move and you do what thus saith the Lord. Not waiting, not wavering, but get up when you hear him at the first trumpet, the first sound, you move. Don't wait on God to tell you how to do things. Start figuring some things out for yourself. Because at the end of the day, when God calls you to come and do a work, he said, don't worry about what you will speak. Because within that hour, it will be me that's speaking. So you tell me, oh, God, I, uh, how many times Peter said what he couldn't do? How many times people in the Bible came and God, God, I have a speech impediment. I can't speak in front of the people. The people's not there to see you. They're there to see God. They're looking and searching after the Father. Amen. 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 I pray that this word has truly touched someone. Or I pray that it's touched you all. Because you need to know your authority. You need to allow people to stop running over you. You're not a doormat. God has shown himself mighty and strong before you. Please take your authority in your hand as it's your shield, your buckler, as you have it written around your waist, around your wrist. Bind it around your head that you will never forget God's word and what he says. Anyone else have anything to say or share or add to any questions? No one has anything to say, share, no questions, any more praise reports that need to be given. (laughs) Y'all want me to prophesy, but like I say, you can only prophesy by the activating of the faith that you know that God has given me a word for you. 
I can just open my mouth and start prophesying. Some do, but I'm not one of those. I'm not the demons of doctrines. <laughs> I'm a true woman of God that hears clearly from him. And I yes. prophesy as he says for me to prophesy. I move in his will. I talk in his will. If it's not of him, I don't speak it. Praise God. This is Pastor Marcy again. I just wanted to give a praise report before we got off the line. Um, as I said, I went out of town to um, to my hometown, and I'm just thankful and blessing God because I was able to um, give my family a dinner. I know we were talking about, you know, taking care of your family, <clears throat> but I went to visit my mom and um, all four of my girls. Um, well, we have seven children between me and my husband, but it was my four, you know, daughters that um, we were able to get under one roof, have a beautiful dinner. I even, you know, gave gifts because I love them. And, you know, I want to spend time with them. And it didn't matter to me you know, what our past have been. It, ha- it didn't matter. You know, I wasn't thinking about those things. Um, just the, you know, the Lord called us to forgiveness, you know. But I wanted to show them the love of God. And, you know, and by doing that, um, God blessed our, you know, our, our time together. Wasn't no friction wasn't no arguing, wasn't no complaining, wasn't no past being brung up, wasn't none of that. We just had a beautiful dinner, you know, visited with my grandchildren, um, you know, spent time. And I did it out of the labor of God in my heart. I know what I was doing. They might not have known, but, you know, God allowed it, and he blessed it, and I'm just thankful for that. And I hope that if some of you all on the line or know of anyone else that, you know, have those issues in their families and stuff when you come together and, you know, people, you know, people, so old people that love each other, they argue, they, I don't believe in that. I don't think. I don't think that if God is calling us to love our neighbors just neighbors as much as he, we love him, and also we're supposed to be loving ourselves, how can you produce such anger and hurt if you're filled with the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit is coming forth out of you? I, you know, I'm sorry, that's, that's my opinion. You know, that's that's the whole, you know, walking in the love. But, again, we prayed before we, before we went. Um, my daughter that is newly in Christ and my husband, he wasn't even supposed to go, but he ended up going. You know, God ordained it all. And he allowed us to have a blessed time. And I'm just thankful for that, and I'm also giving God glory for what he did. Thank you. That's all I have. 
Amen. Amen. Anyone else? All right. Well, I thank you all for your listening ears. I thank the Lord for what he's done and what he's going to do. What shall be done? Someone wants to say something? I was just saying that now. Okay. Yeah, because God is good. Anyone else have anything to say or share before we get offline? All right, Prophet Alicia, can you pray us out? Sure. Um, I would like to add before I go into prayer that God is not asking for us to be perfect, but he's asking for us to be present in the now. That's one of the things that as you were speaking and teaching the word, God gave to me that a lot of us have to become more present with God, with our purpose, with his plans. And when we become more present, God can move for us in the realm of the spirit the way that we can move for ourselves in the physical. That's why we so at a standstill at times. And sometimes we feel like God is not speaking. And he's definitely speaking and he's still moving and he's still doing what he has to do. But sometimes we're not present because we become, you know, like consistency is one thing, but ritual is another. And we have to be more consistent, not ritual, not coerced. Um, This is not a season of coerced. When we hear the teachings that come forward, we have to take notes so we can be adequate to what God is teaching us in the now. We can't just be online and hearing the word, but we're not documenting nothing. We're not writing scriptures down. We're not highlighting. And this is not for everybody. We talk about the whole body of Christ. Um, And we have to be careful when we get off the line, how you get off the line. You know, even with the closing out of prayer, what are your words and your thoughts when you get off line plays a big role on how the remainder of the day will go, the remainder of the the week will go, the remainder of things will go in your life. And God... The way that the world is going, we have to be very careful that we're not focusing too much on what we see in the news, but we take what we need to take and we go back and study what we need to study to apply with the Word of God as well. I'm not telling no one not to trust their government. I will never tell no one to discredit any laws that have been created of the land, 
by the government or anything like that. But we have to be very careful of is this coming from God or is this coming from me retaining information from watching the news, listening to the news, reading things that God may not have sent me to read. When Don spoke about family, apostle, we have to make sure that we are doing those things in the line. And this was this this is the season for us to bond with our family members because a lot of things has transpired in the last year going into two years that wrote off a lot of family members that we will never be able to restore those relationships. So with those relationships are being inevitable to be restored, we have to make sure that we are doing the new things and restoring what is left. It's almost like a farmer losing all his crops, but he has still has seeds, but he's walking in fear because of the crops that he's just lost. You can't look at it from that standpoint. You have to replant those seeds and have faith in those seeds and that God will allow the manifestation to come even if you have one or two seeds to grow. You can't look at the loss. You can't look at the nose. You can't look at the think about it. You can't look at all the letdowns. That's not what God has us at. We should be beyond that moment, but if we're not, we have to begin to work in that avenue of our lives so we can continue to flourish in alignment with God's plans. Because you don't want to miss out. I'm quite sure everyone on this call do not get on this call and they take this call lightly. And if you do, please begin to take not only the call lightly, but God, take him. Do not take God lightly. This is a serious moment for everybody worldwide. This is for the nations. Not just America was affected by COVID, global, the world was affected by COVID. And when we look at it from just not a mean factor with the pityness of whatever you may have endured, but to know that your brother and sister is going through something too maybe far greater than what you are, you can count it all joy and exceedingly joy knowing that God has spared not only another day, but another life of allowing you to wake up with breath in your nostrils and your lungs. That is enough to praise him daily. That is enough to walk in his his will daily. Knowing all the things that you went through was a part of your, your, your growing pains, knowing that it was a part of your making and your breaking, is not to keep you down, to keep you bound, but to raise you up to God's divine purpose and will, knowing that God has brought you out. And not only that, but he has been fighting for you.
We can't allow it to keep giving the enemy, the adversary, no power more than what he desired to, I mean, deserved to have. But we give him the desires of everything when the English don't go in alignment of what we thought, but not what God's will. So when we begin to prostrate ourselves more before God, then we become more authentic to his will. It's not a force of thing. It's a thing that just happens naturally. So I just want to thank everyone um, just for being obedient today, for getting on the call today. Many, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, but you are on the call today because God is working and he's moving in the minds and the hearts of man and woman. But we have to be present in order for this to happen. So everyone today is present, and we must be continue to be present throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year. Don't make New Year's resolutions for January 1. Make new ways each day you wake up. Submit them before God. <clears throat> so... That's all I wanted to say before I go into the closing of prayer. I pray that everybody's hearts and minds are clear. I pray that everyone did enjoy Thanksgiving, not just because of the holiday in itself, but just being thankful for God's grace and his mercy that he bestows upon us daily. I pray that everyone is rejuvenated, allowing restoration to come in, rehabilitation to come in, that we are not fighting against God's will with our own, even though we walk in free will daily, but take time out to talk to the Father before we make our decision-making on a daily basis, asking God, what should I eat today, or what do you see fit, you know? making sure that he's a part of our daily plans, not just when we need something from him, not when we just need him to move and want something and, oh, I forgot to pray just because, like I said, that thing is coerced, but it's a natural thing because it's your heart that's yearning for God and your soul. Dear Heavenly Father God, we come as humble as we know today, Father God, with gratitude and thanksgiving, Father God. Father God, we pray right now, Father God, with uplifting hearts, minds, and souls and spirits, God, that we will prostrate ourselves before you, Father God. Father God, we ask that you would continue to allow the word that was taught today that it will manifest in our lives, minds, and hearts. Father God, that we will become accountable for what it is for us to do here on earth, Father God. Father God, I pray that you would continue to bring families together, Father God, like never before. Father God, I pray that you will begin to continue to strengthen us in areas that we are not able to strengthen ourselves, Father God. Father God, I pray that you would continue to keep us in this season, Father God. Father God, we back up suicide in this season, Father God, and depression, God, and lack, Father God, for we know it's the season of harvest, God. For the harvest is plenty, Father God, but the labor workers are few, Father God. But, Father God, we ask in your strength that we should be able to stand the labor and endure the pain, Father God. 
Father God, keep us covered under your gracious divine purpose, Father God. Father God, we ask that you would continue to keep us covered, God, and blood washing each every household that is on this line together tonight, today. Father God. Father God, and as you blood wash our walls, God. Send out your healing angel, God, to heal our minds and hearts. Anything that is not of you that has been written, Father God, through the naysayers or spoken, God, we ask that you will annihilate the adversary on every end, Father God, and that you will uproot anything that is not of you, Father God. Father God, any seeds that was planted in bad soil, Father God, we ask that you will remember the encounters of when we planted those seeds, Father God, that you will uproot and allow our hearts still to grow, Father God. Father God, anything that is not of you, Father God, in our children's children's lives, Father God. Father God, we are the curse breakers, Father God. So, Benzo, we know we are the curse breakers, Father God. Father God, we trust that you have already overseen and orchestrated the generations to come, Father God. Father God, we pray, Father God, this day, Father God, anyone that is in the hospital, Father God, on the, under the highways, Father God, land on the street corner, Father God, that you would send your confident angels to see about them too, Father God. Oh, Father God, we just pray this day, God, that you would bless the nations, Father God, with your strength, Father God. And those who need the strength to stand, Father God, we ask that you would raise them up today, Father God. Oh, God, release a thousand angels upon the hill today, Father Father God, to go out before them, Father God, as they are on the dangerous highways and byways. Father God, preaching the gospel, standing in the midst, standing in the gap for your will and your plan and your purpose, Father God. Oh, Father God, today, Father God, we open ask that you will open up a window from heaven today to pour down your fresh water, Father God, your living water, Father God, that shall everlasting bless us today, Father God, wrap us and, and keep us saturated from the top of our heads to the, to the soles of our feet, from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet, Father God. Oh, Father God, anything that has been planted in our belly that is not of you, Father God, we ask that you were uprooted today, Father God. Oh, Father God, let us none of us to look back and, and like Lot's wife, Father God, and turn into a pillar of salt because what's behind us is not before us, Father God. Oh, Father God, we pray as we get off this line today, Father God, that you will bless each and every household, each and every ministry, even those that have yet to come forward, Father God, that you will continue to show them what it is that's needed to be birthed out of them, Father God. Release your mere wives today, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father God, that they can be able to help cultivate those birthing situations that have to come forward, the ministries that have to come forward, God. Oh, Father God, give a prophet's awards for all those who are on the call, Father God. You know what they stand in need of, Father God. And we're not just talking about the financial blessings, Father God. We're talking about the riches in, in their spirit, man, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father God. As Pastor Shadon, what is your pastor's name? Marcia's husband's name? Uh, pastor Vernon. Pastor Vernon. As he travels, Father God, give him the strength, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father God. Father God, you know the vision that you have shown him, Father God, and he's trying to execute it, God. 
But, Father God, he needs your strength in this situation that he's enduring right now, Father God. Father God, you know exactly what I'm speaking of, Father God. Oh, Father God, we ask that you will oversee it, Father God, and annihilate the adversary on every end, Father God. He will not go down for going up, Father God, for he is the true man of God, Father God. Oh, Father God, remember all the things that he has placed before you at the altar, Father God, even the secret things that has been stolen, God, the riches that has been stolen, God, the tormenting spirit that is trying to attack him and his family lives right now, Father God, we bind it up and we send it back to the sender, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father God, oh, God, we ask that you will pour down on his household today, Father God. Oh, God, we ask that you will release the angels to take charge on the land from the top of the roof of the house, Father God, to each corner of the yard, Father God. Oh, Father God, down to the foundation of the soil, Father God, uprooting, ooh, harvest, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father God, this thing that was sent, God, by those who have written out and spoken and came in a circle together, Father God, may it go back to their house, Father God. We suffer a witch not to live in this season. We suffer a warlock not to live in this season. No white magic, black magic, Hindu, no witchcraft can come up against this man of God. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, God, it was spoken in his birth, God. We send it back to those who spoke it, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we call it powerless today, God. We call it powerless today. We call it lifeless today. It shall die and never manifest and not in no child that is connected to his bloodline. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father God, give his wife, Pastor Marcia, the shrimp, Father God, to stand firm and knowing that you are doing it, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father God, we call it done today, God. Oh, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, and even the gifts that she's given out, Father God, during the Thanksgiving season, Father God, allow the anointing of her hands to go into each and every one of her children's household, Father God. Release the angels in their house, Father God. Fight the battles on every end in their lives, Father God, so that they can be a living witness, knowing that they have prostrated themselves before you, God, praying for their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren to come, Father God, that they shall all be blessed, Father God. Oh, God, we just thank you for all those who are on the line today, God. Oh, Father God, give Prophetess Beverly a double portion of joy and strength and financial blessings, Father God. You know what she's saying in need of, Father God. Oh, Father God, restore each everything that she ever given out, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that she will sleep peaceful at night, Father God, knowing that all things are done, Father God, that she will not have to dig deep down in her purse, God, but when she looking in, the, the finances will be there, Father God. Oh, in the mighty name of Jesus, God, fight this battle for her son on every end, God. You're bringing them around. In the mighty name of Jesus, guilt or shame cannot come into this household, not in this season. Father God, we thank you, God, in advance, God. Oh, God, we just thank you and we glorify you, God. Oh, God, we thank you for elevating the men in the world, God, to stand firm, God, this new generation of men that you are bringing forward, God, pastors, preachers, prophets, teachers, apostles, God. Oh, in the mighty name of Jesus, that families will begin to come together. Men will find a wife, Father God, for they will find a good thing, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father God, 
in the mighty name of Jesus, that they will not look to the world, but they will look to the hills which they help will come from, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, God. Oh, God, we scatter out the plan of Satan and our grandchildren and our children's lives and the generations yet to come, Father God. Go into the school buildings, God. Blood wash the walls on this Sunday before they go back to school, Father God. Oh, God, let no teachers speak negative into their lives, God. But bless the, the teachers as well, God. Give them strength, God, to be able to stand with the students, God, to teach them, God. Not to speak death, but speak life into them, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, for the children are not just a number. They go to school to get educated, to get taught, but not to get bullied and tormented, Father God. Oh, God, we back up bullying in the name of Jesus. We back up suicide in the youth in the name of Jesus, Father God. We back it up, we drive it out, and we send it back to school the sinner, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father God. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord, Father God, for this day, for this day the Lord has made, and we shall be rejoicing. We shall be rejoicing and be glad in it, Father God. We shall be rejoicing and be glad in it, Father God. Oh, God, bless Courtney Cooper. She just turned 16 yesterday. God, keep her body covered, protected, and shielded from the fowls of the beast of the land, God. No premature, oh, God, you know what I'm saying. In the mighty name of Jesus, sexual desires, in the mighty name of Jesus, we drive it out in our teenagers. In the name of Jesus, not acceptable, Father God. In the name of Jesus, God, they shall not sell, oh, God, they shall not give up their jewels, their jewels, their rubies, their diamonds, God, they, none of it, God, none of it, none of it, none of it, God, to make them feel validated, to make them feel loved, to make them feel wanted, God. No, God, we back it up. We back it up. We back it up and we drive it out, God, and we send it back to the sender. In the name of Jesus, God, in the name of Jesus, give the parents more patience to be with their children, God. Teach them how to parent from a different aspect, God, not just from the way that they think that parenting shall go, God, but let them come to you, God, and ask for the plan, how to raise this children, how to raise this child, because each and every soul that you put on the earth is different, God. They require different things, God. So, God, I'm praying that you would just give the mothers and fathers the strength to come on one accord with your plan, to help your children, God, to be able to break this diabolic curse, God, that has been placed in our lives on our children, God, where they feel like they're not nobody at an early age, five and six and all them young age, God. God, we ask that you would drive that thought out. You would drive it out in the name of Jesus, that you would send in love and compassion and kindness, God, and patient, God, with the parents in the household, God, and all those who have to oversee our children, God. When we dropping them off the daycare, God, let no danger, harm, hurt, rape, molestation, God. Oh, God. Murder come upon our children, God, in the way when we place them in areas where we're supposed to be able to trust and they're supposed to be safe, God. Oh, God, we drive it out in the name of Jesus, God, this day, God, this day, this day. Oh, we send in the fire angels. So burn it all up today, God. In the name of Jesus, God, to burn up all things that is not of you, God. In our hearts, in our mind, in our bloodline, God. 
this day, God, this day, God, in the name of Jesus, God, and I'm standing in he called a bastard rebe, Koshandi rebe, Hada the bastandi rebe. My other the Bokondi rebe, so Hano rebe, Koshandi rebe. Robokondi rebe, said a rebeki, Koshani rebe. My Robokonda the bastandi rebokondi rebe, said rebe, Koshandi rebe. Oh, hallelujah, God, and a bastandi rebe, Kondi rebe, and a bastandi, leave it at the altar, and a bastandi rebe, Koshandi rebe. My
authentic. There's no room for the gossiping, for the chattering. There's no room for that in this season. There's no room for that in this season. God just keeps saying there's no room, authentic, no room for that in this season. You have to be pure-hearted because God knows the secret thoughts of man. He knows the secretness when we think no one else can see. God sees all things. He knows all things. He knows when we are pure and we're being not pure, when we're not being authentic, when we're not really being lovable, and when we're not really being kind. He knows. You cannot outlive God. You cannot. You can't throw stones and hide your hand and not think God don't see it, because he do. He does. And he's holding each and every one of us accountable. Even myself. Everybody on this call. He's holding us accountable. Accountability. Acceptance. We have to accept the things that we can and cannot change. But we have to be authentic and we have to be accountable for what we choose to do and what we choose not to do. It is a must. It's inevitable in this season. This is a crucial time. Very crucial, very critical time. Amen. 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 I pray you all have heard the word of the Lord. As no one of all hearts and minds are clear, I pray that you all have a blessed week. And I shall hear you all on Heal Without Scars on tomorrow at 7 o'clock. May God bless you.